Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, sometimes we are faced with difficult things. Be with us. Remind us of your love and grace and mercy that you have for us. Lord, I pray that as we gather here today in worship, that you be present with us and you center us in you. Lord, I pray that as the scripture is read and the sermon is given, that you stir up within us a connection to you because you are here your arms wide open, full of love, mercy, and grace. Be with us on this day and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for the next four weeks, um, when I was planning, I planned out about six months out in advance. And, and when I saw that the book of Job was, was going to be in the lectionary, and for those of you that don't know what the lectionary is, it's, it's a... Um, Sets of reading that for three years, if you stay the lectionary every Sunday for three years, you will have read the majority of the Bible if you do it in order for three. There's a certain order for, for three years. It's a fun little deal, and a lot of preachers use it to preach from, and churches use it to, to design their worship service over and, and everything. And when I saw the book of Job um, come up in the lectionary this year, I felt it was a great challenge because nobody really preaches on the book of Job. It's not somebody, something sits down with the kids and say, all right, kids, let's come around the story and let's hear about this great man, about the the man named Job. They don't make movies about it, which is sad. It's actually a great, it would be a great movie if someone were to take it and make it a movie. Now, it would be a little bit scary. Maybe that's why it falls in October in the lectionary. They put the Halloween in with the... Maybe that's something those people were thinking about when they redesigned the lectionary a few years ago. But I felt that this was a great challenge for us to think about because one of the things that, that I want us to understand and, and as we go about our daily, daily lives is that the worst thing is not the last thing. That's something that they say quite often at Church of the Resurrection, and they actually took it from uh, Frederick Beechner, who, who, um, who kind of crafted that, that saying that the worst thing is never the last thing. And if we keep that in mind while we read the book of Job, it can provide some hope and guidance on how to live our lives. Now for the next four weeks, I want to encourage you to dive in and and take those study guides that we put in there and and maybe grab a couple of friends and and sit around the table and have discussions and making the world known. And who knows what you may discover. The book of Job has a lot to teach us. So let's dive into today's story. Job chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read chapters 2, verses 1 through 10. Listen to these words. A man in the land of Uz was named Job. That man was honest, a person of absolute integrity. He feared God and avoided evil. One day, the divine beings came to present themselves before the Lord. The adversary also came along with them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to the adversary, 
Where have you come from? The adversary answered, From the wandering throughout the earth. The Lord said to the adversary, Have you thought about my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a man who is honest, who is absolute integrity, who reserves God and avoids evil. He still holds on to his integrity, even though you incite me to ruin him for no reason. The adversary responded to the Lord, Skin for skin, people will give up everything they have in exchange for their lives. But stretch out your hand and strike his bones and flesh. Then he will definitely curse you to your face. The Lord answered to the adversary, There he is, within your power. Only preserve his life. The adversary departed from the Lord's presence and, and struck Job with severe sores from the, the sole of his foot to the top of his head. Job took a piece of broken pottery to scratch himself and sat down on a mound of ashes. Job's wife said to him, Are you still clinging to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job said to her, You're talking like a foolish woman. We will receive good from God, but not also receive bad? In all of this, Job didn't sin with his lips. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today we find Job sitting there. And actually, let's back up a little bit. This was written as poetry. This, this kicks off in the, in the Hebrew Bible, the section we know as the, as the wisdom literature. And in this poem, this is an epic poem. This is not something that we can just really sit down and take in and, and just like bits and piece it up. I think it's something that you have to take in to your whole self and sit down and read the whole thing in one setting. Now, good luck with that. There's a lot there. Not only is there a lot there to process, there, there's some things that when we look at it and read it, we become a little bit disoriented. Have you ever been disoriented? Have you ever found yourself not knowing where you need to be and, and wondering where you are? And, and that's kind of where we find Job today. He's a little bit disoriented. But as we notice from the beginning of the scripture reading, we, we have this holy meeting of angels. And they gathered around this table. I imagine this table. They're sitting around the table. It looks like they're having this staff meeting. And who walks in on the staff meeting but the adversary himself, the bad guy, Satan, walks in, sits at the table, Probably plops his feet up, resting, hanging out. God's like, what are you doing here? We never expected to see your face at this table. I invited everybody else, and I even sent you an invite. Did you get the invite? Satan probably was like, nope, I just decided to show up. And they have this conversation. They have this, this divine conversation that there's this holy man out there named Job. And the Satan says, I can break him. I can make him curse God. So God saw the challenge. This is a good opportunity to prove how God works in this world. That God is always with us. That God will never give up on us. And God will never abandon us. And so they agreed. It was a worthy challenge. And they really wanted to see if Job really meant how he practices faith. Now, from this ancient text, I love this line from this ancient text, um, the Sarif ha Hagadag. It's an ancient book uh, in Judaism that uses to interpret Scripture. And they have this great line. 
In the bargain with Satan, God outwitted the trickster with the command that Job's life must be spared whatever else happened. This put a terrible pressure on the adversary. Since the command was like saying, you may break the wine bottle, but not let the wine spill. And so God actually had a hand in this. He controlled the Satan not to break Job, not to kill him. He could do whatever he wanted to as long as he didn't take his life. So they started off rough. In this chapter, we notice that the, the Satan puts sores from his feet all the way up to his toes. And he's sitting there in immense pain, and, and, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And, and, and his wife provides great wife support. Why don't you just curse God and die? But Job's faith was stronger than that. Job knew that in the midst of this pain and suffering, that it will be all right. Job knew that, that God was there with him. And encouraged him. And that's why Job, when he responded, we receive the good from God. But can we also not receive the bad? The book of Job, it, it can challenge us. It can, it can stretch us. And think about how God works in this world. But if we notice that every time that Job faces a challenge, Job stands up with a challenge knowing that God is right there with him and won't break him. And all he has to do is have faith in God. So which leads to the question as we read this, why do bad things happen to good people? Because that's the way the world works, that sometimes bad things happen to us. And it's how we're centered, it's how we are oriented, what pushes us through those events. It's kind of like the rain. I hated rainy days as a kid. I loved being outside. I played outside as often as I could. And rainy days were like death to me. But we still made good out of them. Now, I think I got in more trouble in inside days than I ever did in outside days because mom never knew what was going on outside. But on those rainy days, I got more in trouble because we were inside and not much to do with five brothers and sisters to pick on. But we've all been like Job. We've all had things that we've had to wrestle with. We've all had our sores and our pains that we've had to wrestle with. Who did you turn to? Did you turn to God? Because I think that's what we're called to do. In the midst of those suffering and those trials and those struggles, we should turn to God. We can learn a lot from Job. Where our orientation is, how, how we're centering and focusing our lives upon God. And, and, and that's really easy when things are going really well. It's easy to say, you know, when things are going well, oh, God's giving me, blessing me with all these things. We never want to admit that God's blessing us in the midst of suffering. But know this, and, and I say this, this is one of my kind of little catchphrases I say all the time because I want people to understand that no matter where we are in, in our faith and our journey, God is with us in every step and every breath that we take. And if we hold on to that in the midst of the suffering, we'll know we'll be all right. And the worst thing is not the last thing. Because the last thing, we'll be standing before God and we hear those great words, great and faithful servant, come and rest. And that's what we should long for. That's what should motivate us. That's what should orient us towards living towards a way when we stand before God, we hear those words, good and faithful servant, come and rest. 
And then our present pain and suffering is only temporal. It's not eternal. And so I think it's a good challenge for us this week to ask ourselves, in the midst of this suffering in this world, where is God in the midst of this? God is right there equipping us with grace to withstand all challenges that may come our way. You know, if we trust God, we can overcome what may seem impossible. Job trusted God. Because if you notice, if you, if you read on for the next few verses, actually the next several chapters, he loses everything. And not just like a few items. His wife dies, his children die, he loses all of his wealth. He loses everything. And the only thing he has left to do is to worship God and give thanks to God for all that he's blessed him with. Now, think about that. Job still stayed faithful to God, even though when everything came crashing down, Job refused to curse God and die. Could you live a life like that? In the midst of your suffering and trials, who do you turn to? Because it shows. When we are destructive and, and we allow things into our lives that don't center and focus us on God, we become just as broken as this world. But if we center and focus our lives upon God, we become unstoppable because God is with us, helping us, supporting us. And so this week, I, I want to challenge you to center your life on God, to reorient yourself. It's one of the reasons why I love communion. That's the reason why I believe in constant communion, because we all struggle, we all fall short of God's grace, and we all need that mercy that God offers us all the time. Communion recenters us, it refocuses us. One of the reasons why I love World Communion Sunday is that I know that right now, people all over the world from all different denominations, all brothers and sisters in Christ are, are, are receiving Holy Communion today together as one. Could you imagine if we lived as one? How the world would be? So trust in God. No matter what our present hardships are, if we take a cue from Job and recognize that sometimes bad things can lead to good things and we just have to wait it out and trust that God is in the midst of this. And if you know the rest of Job's story, you know that in the end, because he remained faithful and never once flinched and gave up on God, God took care of him in the end. So the worst thing is never the last thing. And God is calling us to reorient ourselves to him. So if you feel a little disoriented, ask yourself, where are you centering yourself? Are you centering it on God or other things? So as we prepare ourselves for Holy Communion, we're going to sing one of my favorite hymns, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. It's a great song of centering and reminds us where our faith should be. So let's stand and sing hymn number 368, My Hope is Built. 
Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.